Yeah. But uh, I just started now recording, but it's all right. Yeah, we've got a small garden in the back. And so we, we've planted jalapenos, green peppers, bell peppers, same thing. Um, she, uh, my mom, she's got this, this Thai eggplants. So that's planted mm-hmm. back there too. And it's kind of cool because they start off purple and then they turn green with like kind of white pattern striping on the sides of them. It's so weird, but it's so cool. Um, so we have that cucumbers, zucchini, uh, so squash, some squash as a harvest time is, uh, coming up real soon here. So, um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, that's what we got going on. Anyway, nice. Man. Is is your mom? I think she told me once this was years ago. She said that she was a vegetarian. Does she continue with that? Yeah. <laughs> no, she's okay. not a vegetarian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she never was. <laughs> never okay. was. Right. Never was. Okay. All right. Maybe she was doing like a thing where she's not eating meat for a period of time, but yeah. no, nah, she's never been like a vegetarian. <laughs> okay. So. I don't know where she got that from. <laughs> she told me, man, but that, maybe, I mean, that was years ago, so maybe I heard wrong, but... <laughs> nah, you're fine. It's all good. Okay. So I was like, nah, she's not a vegetarian. Uh, it's cool. <laughs> it's like, I, heard, saw, I saw her eat a big piece of steak the other day. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. No. <laughs> nah, so it's all good. Um, how are you today? Everything, you know, going good? Everything's good. Yeah, it's Saturday, a day off, you know, got up, uh, went to the worst place in the world. That's called the grocery store, uh, you know, but I go early in the morning because it's not as crowded as uh, later in the afternoon where you can barely move your cart and you're almost running into everybody and nobody seems to know where they're going. So, yeah, did that, uh, went to the laundromat and just uh, cleaned up my apartment. So nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. It's nice to be out of work for a few days, <laughs> a couple of days, I mean. Mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Hopefully that's not me chewing loud in the microphone. <laughs> oh, I, hear, I don't hear anything. Man. Oh, cool, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> that's it. Eating just helping you. Um, well, uh, we've already started the podcast. Um, thank you for those who are tuning in just now. Sorry, as I drink some water. I'm eating a jalapeno. Um, and no, this is not live or anything, but uh, thank you for those who uh, who have chosen to listen to my history podcast, because I'm your host, Alexander. This is my, my guest here, is a good friend of mine since high school. A lot of, like, a lot of the, uh, the, the guests um, on my podcast, met them in high school or so forth. But, um, these are great people that I've, I've come to met and know and appreciate their time. And appreciate what they've uh, provided uh, for me. Whether it be like, you know, conversations or um, just hanging out. Good friendship, you know. So anyways, um, today we have Carlos. Now, I don't want to mispronounce your name, but I've always said it's Carlos Abelar. It's uh, Abelar. Abelar. Okay. Yep. But you can call me whatever, man. It's never, nobody pronounces it right. So. <laughs> <It's cool. laughs> I'm sure, because it's like, you know, it's... You got people who says Carlos uh, Avalier. <laughs> yeah, Avalar is uh, the most common. Actually, uh, it's funny because my full last name uh, is Avelar Menendez. And mm. that happens because where I was born in Guatemala, you have four names, you know, and your mom's maiden name is uh, your fourth name. Uh, so uh, when I came to the States, they kind of grabbed those two names and, and squished them together. So my last name legally is uh, Avelar Menendez. But, you, you know, I just, to simplify it, wherever I go, I just, you know, let them know it's Carlos Abelar. Okay, so your mother's maiden name is Mendez? Menendez, yep. Menendez. Oh, okay. No, I didn't yep. know that. That's cool. And you said it was from where? I'm from Guatemala. Uh, I'm from Guatemala. Yeah. Okay. I had thought it was um, Ecuador. Close. Long ago. Good, good job. <laughs> good job for actually getting it close this time, you know, so... Yeah, I tell people I'm from Guatemala, they're like looking at a map of Asia and they're like, where's that at? You know, I'm like, <laughs> y'all didn't take geography, you know? A map of Asia. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. They're like, let's spin the globe. Like, no, no, spin it back. Spin it back. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, 
Hey, when did you when did you come into the states? I guess. So I came at age five. Um, I did kindergarten in Guatemala, which I'm happy I did. Uh, but you know, I, those were my last memories there. But I came to Michigan at age five. Uh, we lived in the suburb of Detroit called Redford. Don't know oh, if yeah. you've heard of that. Yeah, Redford. You've heard yeah, of Redford. Yeah, yeah. driven oh, through there Redford. plenty of times. Oh, good, good. Yeah, not a whole lot of people know that 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 place. They know Livonia. They know uh, uh, Farmington Hills. You know that that those kinds yeah. of places. Even Canton. But uh, no, I lived in. Uh, we lived in Redford for a while uh, with my parents. My dad uh, is a, a computer programmer, and he was able to find a job. They're in uh, Canton, so you drive back and forth from Canton, which is far from Redford. Mm-hmm. Um, I we lived there for five years, so uh, I went to Redford Union Public Schools, and then uh, then we uh, met this uh, guy who was a missionary. We met, we saw him again. He was a missionary in Guatemala, and he moved back to his hometown of Reed City, up North Michigan, and uh, you know. For many reasons, you know, we decided to leave Detroit and we moved to Reed City, which is uh, an hour north of Grand Rapids, be about 15 minutes north of Big Rapids, which is like where uni- uh, Fair State University is at. And uh, I lived out there for a couple of years. So, yeah, about two and a half years I lived out in the boonies, out in the middle of the country, uh, town of maybe uh, 2,500 people. So uh, went there for a little while and then... Uh, you know, my dad found a job in uh, Jackson, Michigan. So then that's when we moved to uh, Lansing. Um, and uh, that's uh, that was back in eighth grade. And a uh, little after I started school there at, uh, at Waverly, that's when you came in, like maybe a month afterwards. Uh, it was, what year was it? I think 2007? It must have been earlier than that. Probably. I am not. No, I was just, yeah. I'm not 100. No, you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, 2007, 2008. Because I yeah. moved from my middle school to the Waverly Middle School a little bit before that, probably. Yeah, somewhere close. Somewhere close enough, anyway. But, um, okay, cool. Yeah, I know just Redford, Canton, uh, Livonia, as you said, Southfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Royal Oak. I like Royal Oak. I think everybody likes Royal Oak. Um, think, what was it? A, uh, a friend of mine, he lives or has lived out of Canton. Okay. Of people that I know. So, yeah, I'm not unfamiliar, but. Oh, that's good. Where, where <laughs> direction wise, exactly, I, I'm not sure. Because it's all like, it's all a mish, you know, there. <laughs> but I know I've like, I've driven through it or, you know, been around been around it my uncle lives just on the outside of southfield or just entering into southfield i should say but uh all right cool so you still have um like the accent a little bit so that's kind of cool in a sense of like um not losing uh i guess in my the way i look at it like not losing the the grounds of of your culture or, or in a way like you have it just a natural like accent because you say you were there since five and then moved out so yeah i mean we spoke spanish at home okay all the time like that's one thing that my parents were always like hey you're gonna learn english in in school mm-hmm. you know if you don't we don't speak spanish at home we're gonna you're gonna lose it you're gonna lose it you know they won't lose it because they came in what they were 35 36 or whatever right when, so i mean but you you would lose it, and uh, it it would be very very beneficiary to you to continue speaking Spanish because um, it it just makes it easier in the in the job market. You know you're you're wanted more if you're bilingual, especially if it's a language that is uh, is used by whatever organization they want to hire you from. So yeah, we just we always spoke Spanish at home. Every time I I speak to my parents, uh, whether on the phone or if I see them, it, it's always in Spanish. So. Yeah, that's that's probably why I still have the accent, you know. And uh, you know, maybe if, if we would have decided to only speak English at home, I would have lost it. But you know, I would, would also lost Spanish uh, as well. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. That's actually really cool. Because um, a lot of people, you probably know, there's a lot of people aren't bilingual in America. It's just like a <laughs> a two course rec- requirement for graduation, and after that whatever <laughs> it's not like you know europe or like other countries where you know three or four uh 
you know, people just in your, your small circle of friends already have two languages under their belt, whether it be Swedish, wow. Finnish, um, Dutch, uh, Deutsch, German, all of those different like German languages, Germanic languages, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, French or uh, Slovakian, Romanian or whatever. So <clears throat> it's cool that it's good and cool that your parents told you to keep that up. So that has been proved beneficial for you, I guess, at this point in your life. Yeah, I mean, I graduated high school same year you did, I remember. And uh, that same year, I was in Career Center learning computers, learning how to repair computers. And uh, I, uh, right out of high school, I started working in my field in IT because uh, the organization that picked me up wanted somebody who spoke Spanish and knew about computers. And uh, they said, you know, wait, as long as you know Spanish and you know a little bit about computers, we'll train you the rest of the way, you know. But they were desperate for somebody. They would grab people from the sales department to come in and translate whenever they had computer problems in their uh, facilities in Mexico, in Argentina. And they just, you know, there's these individuals who speak Spanish, you know, doing the interpreting, but they don't know anything about computers. So in trying to get them from their busy schedule to you know, help the IT department out was really a, a pain. So... Yeah, they, they really needed me uh, and uh, because of that. And I thank my parents 100% for that. They're responsible. So thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to Mom. Shout out to, shout out to Dad. Uh, <clears throat> that's awesome. That's also, that's, that's still very, not that it wouldn't be cool. Now it's still uh, cool and instrumental for, for you. Now, you say you work in IT, coming straight out of, high school uh into into college lcc uh it's lansing community college for those who don't know in lansing michigan uh so you you've stayed with them since then have you moved on to a different job career field no i've been i've been with them for 10 years now actually i've held uh how many positions one two three four this is my fourth i'm in my fourth position with them uh they've been a great organization because most companies, it's like, you know, they, you know, if you want to move up, you move to another company and then you get a different title and then they, you move back or you go somewhere else. But these, these, these people have been very graceful. So I've been learning and growing there uh, for the past 10 years. I got my plaque uh, for 10 years back in April. So, hey. <laughs> yeah, I've been, yeah, I've been doing well with them and, you know, I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. So, you know, very grateful for the, that company. Um, they have a very uh, family oriented mindset they believe family comes first so you know grateful to them for that and you know gonna continue working hard for them nice cool um so if we had talked before and you have mentioned how you like you went over overseas to do job mm-hmm. training um but what is so you work in it department but what do you exactly do in it so in those times, uh, during those times, I was a technical specialist. So basically what it was, it was just, it was a PC repair and other type of uh, peripherals, computer peripherals. Uh, so uh, what we would do is there are certain factories that uh, report to headquarters and uh, some have IT personnel, some don't. And the ones that have IT personnel, we would travel to them, to those sites, and we would uh, train them on our standard because uh, we're very meticulous about doing things our way. And uh, those sites who don't have an IT uh, personnel, maybe they have an electrician that helps us out or contacts, we'd help them out and we train them and say, you know, if this happens, you know, you, you call us, you know, but while we're there, we're doing PC work. We're helping out. We're swapping out systems, doing that kind of stuff. So uh, clean up the network closet, just being on the hands, hands on IT guys at those, uh, factories so that's what was happening there nice all right Mm -hmm. um so now has that position been the same since then or that was what you had then and now i I did it for six years i did for six years and i enjoyed it but then i was like okay time to time to look at something else because if not you know if anybody else reads my resume they're not gonna like uh oh you've been in that company for 20 years doing the same thing so I moved uh, to uh, what is called systems engineering, and it's more uh, managing the infrastructure, managing the servers, and uh, that that was that was good for some time. But you know, I miss doing the 
traveling, the customer service, because this is more out in the background. So now I moved to a another position that is uh, called collaboration. And basically what it is, mostly like dealing with conference rooms and uh, dealing with uh, individuals, training individuals how to use conference rooms and uh, training individuals on Microsoft Teams and as well as supporting Microsoft Teams. Any type of technology that has to do with uh, conferencing or uh, video calls, we deal with there. So, um, and uh, different factories, same thing, have different conference rooms and we support those as well. We install those as well. So uh, I'm back to, back on to traveling again, not as much as I used to, but you know, a little here and there. So I can imagine it was pretty like, you know, busy and difficult for you during the pandemic time um, when everyone was like switching to just doing conferences. How difficult was it to train people who were like 50 years old and it's kind of like, okay, this is a mouse. <laughs> well, luckily, um, I just got this position back in uh, back or during March of this past year. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, of this year, this year. So during the pandemic, I was doing the systems engineering position, which was great because, you know, I did everything from home and didn't have to come in nearly as much. Uh, I would come in, do a few things. We have to do some things in a place called the data center. That's where all your servers and all your infrastructure lives. But other than that, it was mostly just working from home. And I felt I felt it was more efficient with that position working from home than I was in the office. Yeah. Okay. So, and then now, now this is the, the post, well, we're still in COVID times, but I mean, people know what it is. So, uh, is it still difficult training people? to learn how to use computer systems now? Or no, like... they're pretty, they're pretty simple systems. So, I mean, once you teach it, you know, you, you, once the, you know, you know how to teach it, the individual learns it pretty well. So yeah, it's not, it's not crazy difficult. You know, we're not teaching rocket science here. So yeah. Yeah. Just how to get to rocket science. No, <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Uh, all right. All right. I had a question on something and kind of left it out now but no, no worries about it uh so you you've done some traveling um you've traveled where i guess so in the states i've been to washington state california texas uh been to georgia spent a lot of time in georgia north done a lot of time in north carolina uh also once in a while i went to kentucky uh went i spent a lot of time in chicago illinois uh, and then I, there was another town in Illinois called North Aurora. It's like an hour west there. Um, very interesting town. Spent some time there. Uh, also been to our site in Ada, Oklahoma. And uh, what other site have I been to inside the States? Well, I'll keep thinking about Oh, into Pennsylvania as well. Uh, and I just recently got back from our site in, uh, in Maryland. Uh, so uh, been there. Also been to Toronto. Uh, to the SAR site in Toronto, and uh, I've been to uh, Mexico. Been to both uh, both our sites in Mexico. Once in uh, Tijuana, it's in the border of California, and also to um, the one that's like two hours west of Mexico City. So it's more deep in the country. Um, also, we had uh, factories in Brazil and Argentina, so I've been to those two as well. Uh, but unfortunately, they're no longer around. Um, and uh, also went to a couple of their sites in the UK. So that's been all I can remember. So, yeah. <laughs> a lot. I'm sure you got some, like, the the, the mileage club is, you know, you're, you're part of that. <laughs> it's all the flying around. Uh, for Georgia, did you, like, get any Georgia peaches? Uh, I didn't know that was a thing. I, I think it's a thing, like a Georgia peach or something. <laughs> I don't know. If you're not, it's, no worries. I never have it, so I was just wondering if you, you know, had the opportunity or whatever. <laughs> so no, I did see, uh, uh, like, I was in uh, a town about a few minutes away from Macon, Georgia. I know Macon is pretty famous. Um, I think that's also where they did the Living Dead or something. I don't know. So mm -hmm. scary show for them. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it was, mean, it was funny, dead? though. Walking Dead. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I like that. There's uh, Night of the Living Dead. That's a movie. 
But oh, if you yeah. meant the show, yeah, it's walk, The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, I think they did. I don't know. I don't remember something like something about dead people, but walking <laughs> zombies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> zombies. Yeah, no, I, I did. That. It's funny because our site there in Thomaston, though, it's like you know, you go there, it's so deep in the woods, you feel like you're in a scary movie, you know. And it, it took like 30 minutes to get there every day, but it, there was no freeway around there. It was just like you know, just. Oof. Driving and driving, and the deeper you go, the scarier it gets. So. <laughs> it's not not welcoming. Does not make me want to go to Georgia whatsoever. <laughs> oh, you never been to Atlanta? Nah, actually, no. I, oh, I've flown like... into it for a layover when I was going from or to South Carolina. I'm not familiar, not remembering. Oh, okay, but that was it. It was just like a right off the airport, stay there, and wait for the next plane oh man dude if you ever go to georgia i mean to atlanta um check out the aquarium there because it is the best aquarium i've ever been in i've been to quite a few but it is awesome it you don't have to like aquariums or museums or whatever you know like i'm sure you do but you know it it is it is awesome it is pretty freaking awesome oh i mean you see sharks there oh yeah yeah i mean you could even you know, if you ever, you know, find a crazy cheap flight, you could probably head over there for a weekend, uh, stay at a hotel near the airport, and you don't even have to drive there. You just take the take the train everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, Atlanta is a pretty cool city. I just, I, I prefer not to drive there. <laughs> it's it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely would fly. I miss cheap flights, though. So <laughs> right, <laughs> that's yeah, the yeah. part is, like, I miss those cheap flights because I remember um, I was able to get flights... I went to Florida one time, bought myself uh, a plane ticket to visit a friend, and my flight wasn't more than $200, right? Like, it was, I don't even remember when it was. It was probably in summer. I don't know. I had to look back on whether Google... Was it during the pandemic? No, it was years ago. Oh, It was 2015. So, yeah, I took a flight to Florida, visit a friend, hang out, and had a blast. And, yeah, my flight was like $200 or less. Um, and then when I went to South Carolina to go visit them, uh, same person, um, and it was, uh, it was about maybe 250, maybe, but like from 2015 to 2020 before the pandemic, it was like 250. Now, ah. yeah, now flights are like a little more expensive and, or they may get delayed. So it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Yeah. Dude, we got to go to Japan, man. We talked about that. Oh, yeah. No, I know we I got to Japan. So uh, if we ever need to go somewhere, I, I'm I'm hitting them up. Be like, hey, let's, where we want to go to Japan? I also need to get my passport. So that's the one thing I got to do for myself. Um, since I'm not born, I'm not born in Michigan. I was born in Missouri. Uh-huh. Um, my pass, my birth certificate, I had to contact... I guess Missouri goes through this like this tertiary way where you can pay a fee to get like some records of your birth and then they'll they'll mail it to you. So I got that. But I gotta do the rest of the way of applying for a passport here in Michigan. I think it's like a hundred and nine, hundred and twenty dollars uh, total or stuff. So I'm just buying my time with it really. Anyways, but um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dumb that Missouri does that, but it is what it is. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you went to Mexico and Tijuana, Mexico City and Tijuana. Uh, what yeah. was the, what's the difference between Tijuana and Mexico City? Because I'm Tijuana is like not in the middle of of Mexico, so I'm sure right. there's like a big difference in in how. Am I, am I right it's, or wrong? It's like, it's, yeah, uh, kind of. So in Tijuana is a very industrial city. Uh, it's been known, uh, in the past it's been known as a drug town, just because oh. <laughs> since it's in, the, it's in the border of the U.S. And, you know, it's still, you know, drugs are still trafficked there, and there's still fights between, you know, gangbangers and cartel and that kind of, that kind of people. But... It has improved, uh, definitely has improved as a city, and it's become very industrial. Uh, not only American companies 
start factories there, but Germans try to you know come in and start their own facilities there. And a lot of people from uh, other parts of Mexico move to Tijuana because they uh, their their life improves when they move there. You know, they they're able to buy a cell phone, buy a car, or you know, or just start working. And and uh, so it's a it's a it's a very interesting town. It, it's not really like the prettiest town in Mexico. Not gonna lie, but it's uh it's a because it's a very industrial town. Yeah, you know? but. Uh, still, the hospitality there, though, is uh, is awesome. You know, the people I've met there were great, uh, great individuals. Um, so, as far as Mexico City goes, I mostly just landed in Mexico City. Uh, the town I stayed at was like two hours west of it. It's called Atlacomulco, and it's a very small town uh, in Mexico standards. Uh, to us, would be a mid-sized town, but to them, it's a small town because it's like. 19,000 people and you know to us we're like oh that's not that small but to them it is <laughs> so uh, 19,000 people is pretty small so yeah I would consider yeah. that like a small town I would think because we have like what DeWitt and Holt and yeah. then we have like St. John's and Owasso where their yeah their population isn't more than 100,000 so I think Lansing right, is right. like 150 170,000 people and Grandpa's is like 200 to 300,000 Detroit's like seven hundred thousand. Oh, so no. yeah, no. Nineteen is still small though. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. well, it, it is a, a small town, but like I, I it's very, it, it very much looks like uh like the stereotypical Mexican village, you know, and you know very very calm town. Uh, just you know, not nice place to walk to through their downtown area. Uh, so. I just thought it was pretty, you know. It was it's a pretty town, you know, and uh, out it's a lot of mountains there too, uh, very mountainy. It's actually a very cold town because um, when I looked at the weather, I was like, okay, what's the weather gonna be like? You know, it's like fifty degrees. I'm like, I, I can handle it, you know. So I didn't bring a coat with me, and uh, I was like, then I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, it's freaking cold. I need I need something to protect me. So, you know, went to a, a marketplace. You know, people set up their little tents and, you know. I negotiated with someone. They looked at me and thought I had money, so they started. You know, they they were selling a hoodie and they raised right, the they went price here. so high. And you're yeah. like, no, 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 no. We need to go yeah. back to here. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, but that was it. Was cool, man. It, it was cool going there. I, I went there to that that plant a couple times. Uh, the Tijuana plant, though, I went there four four different times. So, uh, but yeah, I loved loved the time I spent there in Mexico, and I loved working at the at the site too because. Uh, a lot of folks who visit different countries, they, they look at the touristy area of it, you know, and I feel like I was working with the blue collar folk right next to them and I got to know them, you know, and I feel like I, I really got to know people during this trip. And that's something that a lot of folks miss out when they do resorts or if they just have a all inclusive vacation, you know, but yeah, it's, it's just really, really enjoy the time there. Right. No, I think that's a very accurate, um, assumption if 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 not various base in in fact <clears throat> because of like yeah uh, those tourist areas are nice and they're for they're for tourists they're for people who who don't want to venture into two more to get to really know what the culture is like it's one of like their their instagram or their facebook post of it their twitter updation updating right um no it's nice you got to really like sit down with people who are from there who are like yeah I, I this is my livelihood this is my it's my life here um what's it like exactly in terms of haggling for prices because here yeah we don't have to haggle for 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 prices it's like no that's what you pay there's nothing that's it <laughs> and you don't need you don't get to know what uh how that price was determined it's like this is it it's the, it's the price, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's common, and you see this in in uh, many underdeveloped countries, uh, even some developed countries uh, like my my own. Uh, you see people set up tents and set up their own shop, and it's those shops that you can actually negotiate the price because usually either they're their own supplier or the supplier sells them really cheap, and they're they usually raise the price up anyway, so. Um, usually you, you notice that they don't have any price tags on them. So you ask the person, how much is it? 
and the person usually that runs a shop is usually looking at you and judging whether you have money or not. And if you have money, if you look like a person that has money, they're going to raise the price. If you look poor, they're going to lower the price. So uh, techniques that I've learned uh, talking to my parents, you know, they always say, you know, don't let people play what, what they say, you know, this is, this is what it's going to be. So I always go lower and then they're like, okay, we'll, we'll meet somewhere in the middle. So um, it's funny, I, it was pretty hardcore. I, I went to, when I was in, in the, that town close by Mexico City, I went to some ruins, uh, the ruins of Teotihuacan uh, in, uh, it's like an hour east of there. Um, this this pre-Aztec civilization uh, that people don't know how it disappeared and uh, went up there uh, and I was not used to the elevation because Mexico, uh, the state of Mexico is way above sea level. And here in Michigan, we're like almost touching sea level, you know? And so if we not went one up... or two feet right below. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, so we were going up a pyramid and uh, the guy who was uh, with me, he's, you know, he was, he had been living there for three or four months and he crazy story about him, but he, um, he was walking up the pyramid, uh, the biggest pyramid and up the stairs. And I was trying to keep up with him. And, but, and I was then like kneeling cause I was out of breath, you know, <laughs> and holding on to the, the rope there, uh, you know, trying to climb up the stairs and he's making fun of me. He's like, look, that, that old woman is beating you. And she's walking up the stairs like nothing. I was like, man, I'm dying, man. <laughs> you know? And I get up there and I'm walking around, but I just feel nauseous the whole time. It just, it wasn't a good feeling, you know? oh, but, but I, I mentioned that because I went down, you know, we went downstairs after that, and then we started negotiating with somebody. Uh, let's see if I still have it. I was negotiating for this. Okay? This is made of stone. Oh, yeah. Stone and pestle. Or motor yeah. and pestle. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and they use this. You know, this isn't real, but, I mean, they, they use this for uh, to grind the corn. So, um, uh, there was this woman there, and she was selling it, and, you know, we were negotiating she was i was like saying something like i'll take it for 250 pesos and she was like nah it's like you know the more the most i can lower is for 400 pesos and i'm like okay never mind i don't want anything bye and then she's like wait wait no no take it take it you know and she's like you know you know it's good and you know enjoy things because you know you need to enjoy things because money comes and goes but things stay around something like that something stupid but <laughs> you know but i was getting really hardcore with her like you know either you give it to me for the price i want or i'm out of here because i know you're ripping me off anyway so uh nice. yeah i was happy after that <laughs> i got her man yeah uh so. no, how much is 250 pesos to american dollars in my head oh man so like, like back then yeah go ahead back then it was like uh 13 dollars to a, 13 pesos to a dollar 13 pesos to a dollar so now it, I think it's up to twenty pesos for a dollar. So it's changed. Mm-hmm. So it was about. I'll give you. I'll let you know. I know I don't do I don't do so math what, in my head. So ten dollars to eleven dollars. Yeah, it was about two hundred fifty. Divided by thirteen. Okay, I wasn't about 20, math. 20 bucks. Twenty, 20 bucks. bucks. Okay. Yeah, I paid about twenty bucks for this. Uh, and she Seems wanted about right. About twenty five to thirty dollars, and. Yeah, so I know that they probably related to whoever supplied it, supplied these things to her. Um, so, yeah, I, I was not, I did not have a problem negotiating with her. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, I have my own. Is it? It's stone and pestle, right? Or pedal? Or I don't know. I know it's the molcajete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Google it. <laughs> molcajete. Yeah. Molcajete. Got it. Yeah, I'm not gonna look for it right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna know how it's how it's spelled whatsoever. I'll, I'll send it to you later. I'll send cool. it to you later. No, I got a. I have one that's similar to that in terms. It's just you know, grind or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I use it from like herbs and spices for putting into my steaks, which I'm kind of hungry and <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm thinking about doing that by buying a steak and just you know put some seasonings into it. <clears throat> um so Mexico City, Tijuana, uh the city just outside of Mexico City. How was Brazil? 
Brazil was awesome, man. It was lush green country. Uh, people are so nice there. Um, so in the city of Sao Paulo, the, the one we landed in, is it is humongous. You just do not know how big it is until you get there. And, I mean, you, I mean, you're just looking at skyscraper after skyscraper as far as the eye can see. Um, so, yeah, it was awesome. And the food there, oh, man, just awesome. Just everything was great. It's funny, uh, the, uh, the IT guy from Tijuana came with me uh, on this trip, and uh, he enjoyed himself very much. He, he had a lot of fun. Uh, we went to Rio on the weekend. Um, and, you know, that, that was great. It was about three hours away from where we were. We were in the town of Pindamonangaba, and that's a, uh, it was actually a pretty small town as well. Uh, 19,000 people, 20,000. I don't know. <laughs> I would have to guess maybe 19,000, maybe 20,000, maybe, maybe a little more, maybe yeah. a little more. But, okay. but yeah, even just the, the downtown area, the shops, everything was cool. Um, we, we were looking for some parts or some computer parts and we went to the local IT shops and we were able to find everything. So, you know, I'm cool with that. Cool with that. Um, the way back, the flight back was interesting though. The flight back was very interesting. I was on the plane and we're ready to go. I'm like, everything that we needed to get done, we got done. And I was so satisfied. We were on the runway getting ready to leave. Then, uh, I just hear this voice back you know like with the eastern european accent and he's like i i know what i'm doing i fly a lot i know what i'm doing and then okay didn't think much of it the plane stops on the runway and said the captain comes on saying that i'm sorry we're gonna have to delay this flight because somebody is acting up and we need to ask him to leave the flight and everyone's like oh no and so they turn the lights on and there's this uh, kid, about 14 or 15, and he seems to be arguing with everybody. And everyone's getting angry at him. And apparently he was putting his feet up on uh, some, the other person's lap, right next to him. The person right next to him. <laughs> and, uh, and they're telling him, hey, please don't do that. And he's like, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I fly a lot. I do this. And so everyone picks up his eastern european accent and starts yelling at him because brazilians they know a lot of a lot of them know english man they know just enough to be dangerous so they're screaming get out the russian get out he's like i'm not leaving i'm staying here i'm staying here i'm not going anywhere and so the thing is they couldn't grab him and pull him out of the flight they couldn't kick him out of the plane because you know, what if they grab him and while he's they're dragging him out? What if he starts kicking people? Somebody gets kicked in the head, they get injured, they have to sue the they have to sue the the, the airline. And uh, so we were in the runway. I'm not gonna lie for about an hour because we were waiting for the police to get there. And I don't understand what took the police so long. I know Brazilian police if they're you know dancing the samba or drinking coffee on their way to the job, but. They took like an hour to get there, and the whole time everyone's arguing with this with this guy, and he was getting angry. He started recording people. He, people started recording him, and he's like, "Oh, you record me? I record you too. I record you too. Look at me!" And he grabbed his oh, phone, started recording people, and then everyone's still screaming at him, "Get out, Russian!" And it gets in his head. He's like, "I'm not Russian. I'm United States of America!" And everyone starts screaming, "Oh, you know." Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. They don't have boo down there. They have like a I don't know what they were doing there, but oh man. So that didn't help our, at all. <laughs> it did not help. And everyone was like, and there's this girl. She's she's crying, and they're oh. like, why is she crying? She's like, oh, she's she's saying she hasn't seen her sister in three years, and she's not going to be able to see her. And like, don't worry, you know, we'll take off. We'll take off. Um, we had to exit. We had to empty out the plane because once the police finally got there, you know, we had to empty out the plane because we wanted it to be safe for somebody to pull them out you know pull that person out and uh, we can continue on our way there so uh luckily we had uh, a very good i had a very good layover i mean like i i gave myself like four hours of a layover in atlanta and i gave my boy like five hours for that same layover so he could go back to, to tijuana uh so i was all right but everyone else had a a really bad time because a lot of people just just lost their connections. Most of those folks were heading to Florida, but they were they had their uh, their flight to Atlanta first, and they were going to do a layover there. Then they were going to fly over to Florida, but it, it was bad for everyone. Uh, but 
it was interesting. <laughs> I have a story to tell now. I was scared, man. I was like, what's going to happen? Are they going to fight? What's, what's up? But but now I, I can just look back and laugh at it. <laughs> so this guy was like 14? He was just a kid? Yeah, was just a kid. And his dad was on the plane with him. <laughs> I'm so... I have more questions. Obviously, you're not going to be able to answer them. But it's like, to the to the de- to the dude and his father, like, yeah, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we need to do this? This is supposed to be a good time, um, right? No, and I think uh, I think the pilot kept talking to the uh, to the father, and the, the dad just kept shaking his head, like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> oh man, no, I don't know sad. if he was drunk or what, what. I think he was drunk. I think it must have been alcohol involved or something, but. Could have been a little bit of both, you know. But that's <laughs> nah, still kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So, uh, Rio, Sao, Sao Paulo, is it? Sao Paulo is the uh, the city where we landed and took off from. Uh, Rio is about three hours away from there. Yeah. Uh, I think east, northeast. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, the Copacabana Beach that you've heard of. Uh, probably it's the it's a famous beach in uh, Rio. No. And uh, oh okay, yeah, it's a it's a famous beach. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, I just know yeah, Rio. Yeah, I was walking around there, um, and it's funny because everyone there was wearing sandals and shorts, and I had jeans and tennis shoes on because you know <laughs> I just didn't want. I don't know why I didn't want to put shorts on. I don't want to show my hairy legs, or and I don't wear sandals. I just don't like open toe shoes. Don't like them. You can't force me to wear them. You know, you can't pay me enough to wear them. So. And, I, and everyone's just staring at me. <laughs> What's up with that guy? You know. I mean, yeah, you're on a beach and you're in jeans and shoes, tennis shoes. So yeah. <laughs> yes. Fair, fair. Uh, uh, no, that's cool. And you knew you went to a couple places in Europe. You said. Yeah, well, I went to the two plants in the in the UK, uh, and uh, yeah, first place i went to was where was this it was dang it huntingtonville yeah huntington um yeah i was disappointed my first uk trip because again it was another small town and the more you drove the all you saw was trees you know and like what the heck and trying to find a good place to eat was was tough really so uh yeah, just because it was out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, okay. And and the people living there knew that because we were the place we had we had uh, the hotel we stayed at. It was like five of us went there uh, from the company, and uh, the the breakfast was good. And we were telling them hey, it's our first place, the first time in England, and they were like, "And you chose here? <laughs> like, why would you come here?" You know? Like, tell but, me uh, of a better uh, better place. <laughs> <laughs> so. The second time I went, it was for the second and third time, were, were much better because uh, we stayed in Birmingham. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was much, much better town. It was, uh, you could walk everywhere. Uh, everything you needed was right there. Uh, so it went it, in Birmingham, is a very, very good looking, very beautiful town. Um, so uh, one of the times I was there uh, working at the factory, uh, my uh, co worker and I, uh, who's also from here, he's from the States. We decided to go find a place to eat. So we just headed out for lunch, went to a pub, uh, picked any pub, random pub, just went there and, you know, uh, I started eating something called the British ale pie. Uh, it's like a chicken pot pie, but it's really good. I haven't been able to find it here in the States. Really good stuff. And always with, uh, I always had hot tea. Uh, nice thing about uh, England, you don't have to say, I want I want uh, hot tea. You can just say, I, have, I want tea, and they automatically bring tea hot tea so uh but i was sitting there and uh, he was sitting in front of me and uh we were eating and then we i just heard people come in i didn't see them he saw them and uh it, what i heard you know i heard someone sit down right behind us and uh i heard someone else coming up to them so that person who sat down and he says to to i guess he says to his, his uh, wife uh did that talk to me and uh, the lady is like, oh, I just wanted to see if you're right. And he says, let me be. And she walks away. And I'm looking at my boy like, what's going on? And he's laughing. His head. I'm like, what just happened here? You know, did we have a Shakespeare play right right behind us? You know, we didn't have to pay for that. So it's like so much different from here in the States. You know, you're just thinking, you, know you hear old people yeah, uh, fighting. I saw like an old couple fighting because the old man was in front of uh a Best Buy mobile, you know, and 
and his wife yells from out from middle of nowhere like, Hey, Lee, what are you buying? And he's like, Nothing. She says, You don't have to yell. She says, you don't either. She says, You can't hear me very well. So, <laughs> that's why we fight in America, man. But out there is like, Don't talk to me. Don't don't speak in my direction, you know. So, uh, that was that was a very uh, very interesting time there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's funny with the accents you're putting it to. It, I could, I can almost picture it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no, it great, uh, man. That is just kind of like America, just you know, noticing things from from like outside of a parking lot of Best Buy or uh, or something crazy like that. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny. So. Out of all the the places you've gone to and visited, uh, what is like your top three places? I guess. Well, I I like Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, and I like Rio, and uh, another one that I haven't mentioned because it had nothing to do with work was I went back to my home country a couple times in okay. the past six or seven years. You know, I've been back there, uh, so I, I really enjoyed going. I really enjoy going back to my home country, um, and uh, it's just it's changed a lot from when I was growing up, it's a lot, the city has grown. I'm from the capital city of Guatemala, or Guatemala City, it's the capital of the country, and uh, it's just grown a lot. And uh, we've been to different parts uh, of, of Guatemala, and I've, I've enjoyed that. So definitely those those would be my top three outside the States, you know, so. Yeah, What's, uh, what is Guatemala City like, I guess, compared to cities here in, in, Mich- in Michigan and, and the States? So, uh, if you look all over Latin America, the, you, you'll see a pattern. You'll see a pattern that uh, every place that the Spanish colonized, you'll see one capital city that's really big, and the rest of the outskirts are just out, you know, out in the boonies, out country. And you'll see a large group, a large population of people move to that one city, and while the rest of the country stays uh, relatively you know, low. I mean, not, not. A whole lot of folks there, not a whole lot of people there. So, Guatemala City is very metropolitan. It's a very big city. Um, you know, it's got almost every restaurant, and every food chain that you can think of here in the states. Uh, so, and it and it just keeps growing. It just keeps growing. It it's just big. Um, and uh, you know, major differences. You you'll see a, a lot more poor areas there. You know, and uh, you know, I guess you see poor areas and cities here, but you know, you see you see a lot more often there. Um, also, the infrastructure, you know, it keeps growing, but at the same time, you know, folks there, uh, they drive like it's the wild west. You know, they just they drive like the any way they want. You know, so driving, and you'll see this in you know in Guatemala or in any in any other big capital city in Latin America, driving there is a nightmare. So I never drive there. I always have someone else who is familiar with the uh, with the roads there drive so but here here in the states you'll, you'll find like okay pockets you know you'll find different cities you know you'll see detroit lansing you know grand rapids you'll see okay outside of lansing you you see small towns you know in, in detroit outside of detroit you might see some small towns you see the suburbs you know you, you see some small towns it's just different like that in almost every latin american country you just have one big capital city and folks from the outskirts moving there, and uh, the rest of the country is uh, it doesn't have that as much urbanization. So, interesting. Yeah, nothing. Not something I would have thought of. I would have. I guess I don't know. I would personally think that there'd be more than one large city that was kind of like the central point or something like. Yeah, because here in Michigan we have a lot of cities, and yeah, we have small towns, but. Uh, to, to imagine there just being one major one and then just a bunch of small towns. It's kind of interesting. It's interesting. Um, so that's what go up Guatemala is like. Uh, what's McDonald's like, I guess, in, in a bunch of these other places? Is it as cool and diverse as, as we've been told? Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, Guatemala, this is funny. It's in a restaurant of, in Guatemala that they came up with the Happy Meal. Uh, it was Guatemala who invented the Happy Meal. Oh, so, all right. yeah. <laughs> and there is one uh, McDonald's there that is shaped like a Happy Meal box because they're the ones who invented it. So, um, but uh, yeah, so it, 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 the ingredients are, 
I guess, I mean, like, the menu is almost the same, but, you know, okay. they might have different ingredients to it. Uh, one thing I noticed, uh, I told you that my brother convinced me to go to Germany with him once. Yeah. Uh, and we went to the McDonald's there. Um, one thing that I, I noticed is it's a lot healthier than the McDonald's here, you know, and, and I, I just, you don't feel like somebody kicked you in the stomach after you're done eating McDonald's, you know, so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the stomach and the wallet. <laughs> in the wallet, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, and this is something very interesting, uh, there is a chemical, and you can look this up. I don't remember the name of it, but there's like a chemical that they add to white bread here in America that is illegal in Canada and in the rest of Europe, uh, in UK and Europe and Canada. It, it's illegal, but it's legal here in the States. And, you know, white bread isn't everything, especially McDonald's. So, I mean, that might be the big difference when you go overseas and eat McDonald's somewhere else as opposed to in America. So, hmm. I'm looking for it. Um, because hmm. it's, it's, is it the bleaching? Is it through the bleaching process? Is what yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. It, it makes it whiter. So, if it's whiter, it looks more attractive, it looks more fresh. Like it's, oh, it looks tasty, you know? But it's not legal. It, different parts of the world it's legal here you know so that's why i don't eat white bread yeah no i'm looking at it and wikipedia says uh the use of chemicals like potassium bromate azodicarbon dicarbonamide or chlorine dioxide gas and i'm like oh <laughs> we're yeah. gassing our bread oh <laughs> that's yes, probably sir. why it's not legal in uh <laughs> Other countries and Germany. <laughs> that's uh, that's not nice to see. <laughs> <laughs> I still wait for McDonald's here, man. It's nah, ironic because definitely... this is where it's from, you know, but <laughs> right, right. No, nah, I definitely will. Now, I don't want to have any type of white bread, period, and I will start questioning all the bread I get. I mean, I don't like I usually get wheat or honey oat or something, you know, but. Now I'm wondering, like, maybe they might do the same processes to, like, make the wheat a little less weedy. <laughs> I don't know. A little less brown. It's hard, man. It's hard because you go to the grocery store and organic stuff or, you know, organic bread is just more expensive than the regular bread, you know. And in right. the regular bread, they make it look nice because they say something like fresh or 100% this, that, or has all these multivitamins, but it's really not that good for you. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to look more into it because I've, there's, you can definitely eat healthier on a, on a cheaper, more efficient, you know, financial ways in cheaper and more, in cheaper and more efficient financial ways. But I haven't really like dived much into it as much as I would love to. Uh, but I know there's just ways to do it. I kind of just go to Aldi's for now for some of my stuff. Just because Aldi's is pretty inexpensive. Like I bought a bunch of sandwich making stuff. Just so I can just make some myself some sandwiches um, for for lunch. And yeah, it was pretty inexpensive. Um, I'm happy with it. <laughs> I got a lot of bread for the price. So um, you know, but it, it's also wheat. It's not white. <laughs> Good man. I also still wonder like. Maybe there's a little bit of some leftover chlorine dioxide gas in there. Um, right. Right. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I see why it's illegal in a lot of other places. The uh, So here in Michigan, you've been, you've been stationed here. Do you have any plans to, like, continue with this company further along the route? Or, like, what's, uh, what's your, I guess next goals with this company like yeah i'm i'm just gonna continue for a while and, and see where it goes from here uh but you know one of the things that i want to try to do is try to get them to partner with uh other organizations that are you know non-profit and uh want to try to help out uh if they can't i'll you know i'll just do it myself uh there's this organization in in uh was it wisconsin i think it's in wisconsin yeah that what they do is they receive uh, donated computers, they refurbish them, and they go to underdeveloped countries and they install them. You know, and that just sounds like in my line of work and something that I would like to do. Uh, in, in 
even if it takes like okay I'll, you know i'll take a week off work and and do it myself but uh yeah I'm, that's what i i guess that's my goal at, at some point in the future is to be a part of a nonprofit that does that kind of stuff but we're talking way in the future you know so right now right now i need money uh when hopefully someday maybe i won't need that much money i might be able to uh be a partner with with an organization like that yeah no that's actually really cool if not even create your own um non-profit right. and basically just get in contact with sponsors have a, a grant writer to you know write you up a grant fill out that application form whatever send it out receive money and then um pretty much just communicate with any um official on the ground in whatever you know country and just say hey i got some computers coming through it's on the plane you know yeah right right no this organization is pretty cool they uh sent me a message they said that uh because i was just contacting them they said they had just delivered 70 computers in liberia Wow. And so these, these uh, students uh, that you know, now they can use it as, as their resources, you know, and also they've, they've done stuff in Guatemala as well and in Mexico, and they just continue to expand themselves. So computers are, are really, really strong, like computers that we've had for three or four years that we're like, oh, we don't need this anymore. It's old. Once you refurbish it, once you reinstall the operating system and clean them up real good, they're good for a while, man. They're they're good. Um, there's a computer that. Uh, it was a Microsoft Surface laptop that I had. I bought it sometime around 2014, and my mom still uses it. So, you know, we just, you know, whenever I needed to wipe it, clean it up, I did that, and it still works. She just goes online, listens to a few things, and they still work. So, it, you know, I think a lot of the computers that we have that people throw away, they can be used elsewhere easily. So, hmm. I got a I got a, I got a laptop that um, <laughs> maybe you could look at you know who knows but no I have also because I've seen people have their phones too and mm-hmm. it's like you know throw your phones here or donate your phones here we'll take care of them um, is that something similar as well where it can be refurbished and oh yeah okay. yeah man I mean it's like uh, I think the screen size would be the the biggest thing but like. Uh, the processing power in those in those phones are very powerful. Even your old phones, you know, they they have a lot of processing power. They can be used for different sorts of things. You know, I just hope nobody throws them in the trash because you're wasting a lot of uh, processing power and just throwing it in the garbage. You know, so yeah, a lot of that stuff can be reused, especially right now during the with the chip shortage. You know, yeah. and, and so like a lot. Of, I feel like we're sitting on a gold mine of microprocessors and we're like oh we need the newest ones the brand the most brand new ones and we need them right now and i mean it it's necessary to a certain degree but it's like you know we already have a lot of processing power as it is you know but why can't we recycle what we have so for sure no that makes sense um yeah if you you know create that llc or whatever or you know find a non-profit let me know I have a couple phones to drop off to you, some some old boys. I was literally thinking the other day uh, about my first phone, which was a, a Nokia, and it was white. And the special feature on it was that it the top of it can have a flashlight without turning the power uh, without powering the phone on. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and I was just thinking about that. I'm like that was kind of cool. Yeah, you double click the power button and the, the flashlight turns on 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 the phone without it being powered on and that was a special feature for it uh, oh man yeah <laughs> how long did the battery last on that like i'm sure you go days without charging it i'm sure i did <laughs> I, <laughs> it was a minute phone so i had like maybe 300 minutes a month or you load oh, it up yeah. with minutes i don't remember exactly but uh it was fun you know it had snake on it i was playing with the oh. snake game and i got pretty far in it had like a high score so <laughs> there's that uh but yeah and i don't know what happened to that phone since then i'm sure we you know no one knew about donating old uh, phone equipment like that so i'm sure we we threw it away uh since we're in a na- landfill man <laughs> of course it's a landfill somewhere um but also probably still works because it's yeah. just it's nokia <laughs> they'll last forever and 
uh, even if you shoot them. <laughs> so, um, no, that's cool. Yeah, I, I like that. I like the, the initiative and, and the drive to give back to the community. Uh, and I think that's something we all need to consider, if not try to reach out to, especially when it comes to recycling old materials that we need to not just throw away that we could still utilize. Absolutely, man. Yeah, no, I mean, we look at, we look in history in ancient times or even the medieval period, man, people didn't throw stuff away like we do today, you know, and yes, true, we didn't consume as much, but man, today it's just like, we don't want something, especially here in America, you know, uh, it was a study that showed that if the world consumed, the rest of the world consumed, like people here in the United States, we would need five planet Earths to fulfill that consumption process, you know, we just buy so much stuff and then we're like i'm bored i don't want it and we just throw it away yeah <laughs> so yeah no and i know because <laughs> like yeah we're all we're all products of that i bought some stuff and i'm waiting on it coming through uh amazon but it's stuff that i actually will use you know like it's not like right. i'm buying it and then we'll be throwing it away so no but it does make you think like trying to be more conscious about your your carbon footprint in a sense you're just kind of you know be more conscious about what you can do for recycling so now i used to just not recycle well recycle is pretty good i mean yeah oh yeah if you, if you find a way to recycle yeah and make sure that they are recycling though because i've heard people that they throw like you know they segregate their recycling and their garbage and then when the garbage man comes around, it looks like he's dumping it right in the right in the front of the in the main garbage. Like, okay, uh, <laughs> you're just making me feel better. Is that it? You know, <laughs> you just yeah, whatever. Just throw it in with the rest of the garbage. You know, <laughs> for a little bit of change, you can feel good too. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, might as well just grab my trash can and paint a recycling like logo on it. Like, oh, I feel better now, man. <laughs> right. As long as you throw it in that trash can and it says recycling. You're doing, you're doing it. You're doing the work. Right. Yeah. Oh, I say the planet, man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> one, one garbage pail at a time of just garbage. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to be more conscious on it too. My previous uh, guest on here was mentioning how um, the same thing about being conscious about what you're buying in terms of clothing and attire, mm -hmm. making sure that the clothes you wear are sustainable or come from sustainable companies or they use sustainable methods for the, mm -hmm. the cloth and the linen and for me that is a little more difficult to do because i was like ah i'm not gonna like ask target so how do you pay <laughs> like your your workers you know for this uh who do you where's your resources was the cow treated nicely before you skinned it for its skin you know like so those little questions and things that but those things that i should still consider um but also i, I don't really shop crazy amounts anyway like i still have awesome most of my clothes from high school that i'm trying to get rid of <laughs> i'm having a a basket that i'm going to give to salvation army down the road that's the way to do it man so, it's all, somebody else is going to use it somebody else yeah. is going to use it you that's your way of uh, making sure that things get used again or recycled. Don't, you know, instead of throwing it in, in the trash because you know, I don't want it anymore, you know, somebody else is going to need it. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, we, we're hitting about the hour mark now. And is there anything you want to add or, you know, just... One more story to make you laugh? Yeah, for sure. Always. We stopped, we stopped out of system in Waxahachie, Texas. They call it it's spelled Waxahachie, but everyone there calls it Waxahachie. I don't know why. You don't ever say, I'm going to drink a glass of water, but all right. But we're out in <laughs> Waxahachie, Texas, and we're swapping out a system. This lady, we're switching her from Windows XP to uh, Windows 7. And oh, she was changed. Yeah, she was about you know, retirement age, you know, and <laughs> we swapped the system, and she didn't like it. No, I don't like it. No. It's like, come on, listen to me. You know, we're gonna we're gonna show you how to use this. You know, it's like, no, no, I don't know. I just know it's different, and I don't like it. You know, like, don't worry, you you'll get used to it. You know, it's just different. I don't like it. No, and uh, she had like 
she she took like ten steps to do something like to scan. So she would hit the start menu, go to all programs, go to accessories, hit Windows Explorer, type in the IP address of the scanner, and then then she would scan something and it would show up. And so we're like, okay, let's we just create a little folder with a shortcut. Like all you have to do is double click on it. And like easy, easy. It's like that's different. You're like yeah, it's different, but it's easier. <laughs> and she's like no. And uh, we couldn't find her desktop uh, picture. It was a, it was a horse. And she's like it's a prize winning mare. You gotta get it for me. You know. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was uh, our time in Waxahachie, Texas. That's so strange that she went. Yeah, and the extra five to ten steps typed in the actual IP address of the scanner to get a scan. Like, that's... I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not going to go <laughs> an extra five steps to do that. I'm going to find whatever else is... No. <laughs> yes, sir. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, closing story there. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. As well as I hope you also have uh, appreciate this uh, hour we spent here uh, listening to my friend Carlos talk to us about his career, his you know dream for the future, and his time in different cities across the world. I was going to say states. I was like, that had been wrong because it's, it's across the world. Um, so, no. Thank you, Carlos. I appreciate it, man. This has been fun. Uh, we should do this again. Sounds good, Alex. Good glad to be here. Yeah. All right, yo, guys, uh, make sure you like, share, subscribe, hit the bell icon. Um, I am trying to put these out as as often as possible. Uh, obviously, it's not happening, but I'm okay with it because I kind of do this for fun anyway. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Anyways, thanks for listening. All right, bye. And I almost forgot. Peace, love, and prosperity. All right, bye.